Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show cause milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium peach show internets welcome back to another episode of the premium peach show finally sitting down okay with my friend mick okay there's so many so, listen for those of you who may not know mick okay he's a dj right mm-hmm. a father yeah an entrepreneur i am um you know i i, I guess i would say a, a creator you know, yeah, uh, you, I've created a few things back in the day. Of course, of course, we'll get to all that. Internet's the one and only Mick. Mick finally made this happen. I'm here. I can't believe it. We've been trying to do this. If if only my mom didn't get amputated. No, no, no. We, would, <laughs> we would have been. Here. No, well, listen. You got to make. Pr- we, my family. We, my family comes from the school of thought of when when fucked up shit happens, you have to laugh through it. Uh, and so that's kind of what we did. True. But, uh, you know, yeah, we, we were going to do this in, in early January. But you know what? A lot more things have happened since then. And uh, more so, it's just great that we've never met in person. Yeah, it's crazy, After right? After all these it's years crazy. and all these, I mean, I mean, it, we have to have at least 500 friends to come. And so sure, it's probably sure. more. So this is phenomenal. Yeah, no, listen, it's a, and that's the reason why I kept on it. Because it's like, here's the thing. You're like one of those guys uh, that is, uh, uh, has a, a tremendous hustle. That many people may not know of, yeah. But um, you know, it, one, I think people could learn a lot from you. Two, I think like your journey is 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 obviously still going, but it's like very inspiring. And and, and it's crazy because it's and, and I'll tell the internet the story. But you know, you DM me, I think, and we're like, yo, your show is a uh, uh, I forgot what you wrote. Something like you wrote like your show is a I don't know if you wrote inspirational or, or powerful or or. or Great episodes, and and when you wrote that, you know, first of all, one, it was uh, thankful to uh, get a compliment by uh, you know a peer or, or or somebody in the game for a long time, but more importantly, you know, um, you know, to to get that is like you know, it it it, 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 it just it's just nice to hear that from times, you know what I mean. Well, so. I mean, I assume you you would hear that all the time. I for do, like, but for the level of quality that you put out, but also like I don't also I, I rarely dish out compliments that I don't mean, and also that like you know. Hustle respects hustle, right? Sure. And, and I see, I mean, look at all the people you've interviewed. Look at all the stuff you've done with this show, the other shows, the stuff you've done throughout the course of your whole thing. Like, we're, we're, we're cut from a very similar class in that way. So, and, and so it's just, it's a, it's a very much respect driven thing. Sure. Now, were there some episodes that, that, that drew you to write that? Because uh, it's funny, like you're saying, like, like sometimes I, I've been doing that a lot more, and not just only in podcasting, just in general. You see something that somebody does or something that you watched or listened or experienced or went to, whether it be a restaurant or an app or whatever it is. I think for me it was more so just like I would see you interacting with people on social and to see the respect you would get from like just like people that I really respect, and I I, I don't – I'm not gonna say people's like names, but like, yeah, I would, so good, but, yeah. but it's just like it's a, it's similar to how you said that like like my career kind of goes under the radar for a lot of people, and I think maybe with some of the stuff you've done and like just the the relationships you have in in the in the dots you're able to connect, yours goes a little bit under the radar too. 
versus like certain people in, in, sure. in this in this hip hop space and the podcast space. You know, I know for me, like I'm the person everybody like knows, but like the average in the industry, but the person on the street might not know. Sure. And that's been I've kind of that used to be a huge obstacle for me. And now I kind of like embraced it and I use it as an opportunity for me. And that's why it's even on my Instagram, it says like your favorite brand's favorite DJ, because it's just like when I was heavy in the mixtape game a decade ago, people were like, there were, there was, there were, I had a much more consumer based audience. Right. But now you could interview a hundred people on the street and 99 of them, maybe, maybe a hundred of them, they may or may not, especially if you, depending on who you're interviewing, wouldn't even know who I am. However, in, in the spaces that I'm in and in, in the circles that I move in, Thankfully, I'm able to generate that respect and goodwill sure. in that space in order to provide for my family. And I'm fine with that. Not a lot of people have taken that path. A lot of people are like, I need a million followers. I need to be at everything. I need to do this. And I'm kind of like, you can have all of that stuff. I want to know the person behind that stuff. Sure. Because the money and the opportunities and the, and the networks and the relationships. And for me, actually, what I and we can go into all this because this is like my whole theory on life. But my whole life is relationship driven. It's not financial driven. Obviously, like my family has a good life. Like things are great, but they could be better. But they could be a lot worse, right? Sure. You know, not, we're not you know we still got to work really fucking hard. But I stopped. I managed my own career. I stopped worrying about what the rate is, and I started looking at what the opportunity is, and I started looking at like who's in the room and what else could happen. Because if I could DJ for the low low, but I could meet your CEO and your CMO and the venture fund that invested in your firm. I'll pay you to do that, right? Because how many people would love to have that access? And I can have that access. Now, obviously, I'm not, you know, I would like to make money too, but like I can make more money out of no money than some people can make out of making a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and that to me, that's a skill set that I was blessed with. And it took me a long time to figure it out. I'm like a thousand years old right now, but yeah, I didn't. Oh, you're still young. You're still when young. I was 25, I didn't know this. When I was 30, I didn't know this. It didn't, it didn't, it took me to my mid 30s to really figure out how my brain works. And my brain works as, as a business guy that ha I used to I used to create this persona of myself because I was in grad school and I was DJing and I was going to grow up and become like just a, a guy who does things businessy things and DJing sure. was I was going to DJ on the weekends just to keep the art alive and it obviously took off and it became really did well for me and I moved here I'm from Ohio originally and for years I created this narrative I'm the DJ who's like the business guy and then I had to flip that a couple of years ago, like five, six years ago, I, I was like, no, I'm going to be the business guy that happens to DJ. I'm going to change like the whole thing. Cause like, I had, to, I had to really figure out what my core was. And I realized managing my own career, creating a brand out of nothing, rebranding it in the middle of it. When I was at my peak, by the way, I, I dropped the boogie from my name. I dropped the DJ from my name and just pivoted the whole shit. We go with all that. No, 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 for sure. If you don't mind. Sure. Why did you, okay. Why did you drop DJ, you know, Mick or, or, or Mick Boogie. Like, why, why, why did you just keep it at Mick? Um, it was just super, super, super pigeonholing, right? In the DJ world, there's only a couple outcomes you have, right? You, if, if, when, you're, when, you have, when you have a remote amount of success in the DJ world, which I did. Like, if you're a guy that's did your neighborhood bar for, like, the last 30 years, it doesn't really matter because you're probably selling insurance or driving a truck or, like, just being a teacher or a fireman or whatever it is that you're doing. And DJing is your, is your fun thing, your side thing. If you have a good career, a DJ career, which I, which I did and I do, especially in hip hop, um, it's you. You have a couple options, right? If you're not an icon, now there's plenty of icons. We just discussed them all actually off camera. If, if you're if you're a Jeff, if you're a Clark, if you're a Funk Flex, you know you have names that are funny. 
You know, you, when you walk into the doctor's office, it's not like, oh, Jazzy Jeff, we gotta, we gotta intubate. Like nobody's, like nobody's, people are like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I hope he never gets intubated, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's like a weird thing. But like, if you're an icon, nobody's going to be like, there's a person in our waiting room named Jazzy Jeff. There's a person in our waiting room named Clark Kent. We're, like no one's going to laugh at that because people know who they are because they reach like icon level stuff, right? If you're not that top 1% of an icon and you have a funny signing DJ name, it's pigeonholing. It's it's a it's a weird marketing scenario, especially if you're trying to branch into other things. So I you know I had a name from college in the late '90s all the way up until 2012, 2013, where it sounded like a 1998 DJ name. And what was that? Mick Boogie. Like that was. Where like, did that come from? My name's Mick. My last name starts with B. It's Batiski. I just wanted something that was very synergetic to my real name, and um, it was great. And it got me, it got me on the radio in Ohio. It got me college radio. It got DJ me, Mick Boogie. Yeah, it got me mix shows. It got me to mix show Power Summit. It got me to do mixtapes with everybody from from 2002 to 2007. There probably wasn't a rapper I didn't do either a mixtape with or for their label. And, and I never got to like a drama level or anything like that. But I was like that next tier down. Sure, sure. Until the big bust happened. And what happened was. All those guys, like, I don't know what half those people are doing now. Like, I mean, certain people transcended, but, like, to transcend, you would either have to become an artist, which I'm not. I mean, I could have been, but it would have been very inauthentic to me. I didn't want to become a Khaled. I didn't want to become a, you know, that that type of person where I have to, like, produce these albums. That's just, I'm sure I could do that. I could probably do a good one if I really wanted to and really put that effort in. But it wasn't, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't what my core was. And so my core was just being the smart, hustle-minded, connecting-the-dots business guy. I just also happened to be the guy DJing as well. So I shifted my whole mind state. This is like right when I turned 35. This was five years ago. I distinctively remember just changing everything. And people were like, what the fuck are you doing? But I, I had to really soul-search. I was DJing. I'm making this up for analogy purposes. But if I DJed three nights a week, right, let's say two hours a gig, that's six hours, right? great life. Oh, you work six hours a week. And I would really, in my mind, I had created this, this, this house of cards of this is what I'm really doing. I work six hours a week. I could do whatever the fuck I want. I could travel. I could play video games. I could read comic books, which is my combat Jack story, which we'll get into later and all that. And it, but, and then I was like, why the fuck can't I do any of these things? Like, why am I fat? Why am I not working out? Why am I not reading all the books? That I, I have like 74 books on my notes. Like, why, is none of the, why do none of these things happen if I'm technically working six hours a week, right? And then I stopped and I was like, holy shit. Like, I'd say I'm so smart. How smart am I? I completely have evaluated the situation completely wrong. Nobody took into the fact that I'm at my desk for 20 to 30 hours a week. I'm on planes 20 hours a week. I'm in meetings 10 to 15 hours a week. I'm doing press 5 to 10 hours a week. I'm cultivating lunches and relationships for other things. And this is before I was doing all this other shit that I'm doing now. This is just strictly in the DJ space. I mean, it was a 50, 60, 70 hour a week job plus those six hours. So right then and there, that's two full-time jobs. So then I was like, oh shit, that's why. You know, it was just like, for me, it was the means to the end and I kind of had to flip it and like I had to make the means the end and the end the means. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I flipped that, I changed how I, yeah, bars, there you go. That's the closest you're ever going to get from me. That's when I realized what my real strengths are. You know, I was like, wait, so I DJed in college to kind of like make college go better. Then I DJed in grad school to pay for it. And then I DJed to hustle to get myself to New York. And then, you know, but I'm also like doing brand deals with like labels and brands and I'm doing, I'm negotiating stuff with like EA Sports to do video game soundtracks. And I'm, 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 but I'm the person doing all that shit and I'm making the pitch decks and I'm going into meetings and I'm, you know, but I just thought that's what you do. 
I didn't know that people had people like doing that stuff for them or like people like this, my uncle so-and-so or like everybody has like a thing, you know? And I came from nowhere. I came from the Midwest like, and I moved to New York with none of those things. So like I had to, I had to be my thing. So I just decided to embrace being the thing and that led to everything else. So you, ma- you manage yourself? Oh yeah. A thousand since since day one. Okay. There's a couple of things for that. It's mind blowing, right? How and why? And I don't mean that in any, you know. No. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, which one do you want me to answer first? How? Like, how do you manage yourself? Like, you know what I mean? Because I guess you know what. Let me give you this better. Because people and opportunity driven, and I and I love that. Yeah. And I could make. I could literally make an opportunity out of the the, the shittiest situation or the dumbest opportunity. You know, situation I could create something good for. It doesn't have to be for me. It could be for somebody else. I could create. I could be on a plane next to a person and meet somebody that should connect with somebody I met four years ago sure. at a bar. Connect them, and and that create that'll create enough goodwill in the world for me to like for some other amazing thing to happen. How do you feel about this? Like, I give you an example. Um, for a while, even too, at points in my life, I wanted to have a manager where I was willing to give away some money to not deal with certain things. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain to you what I mean. <clears throat> so I. I I could close a deal no problem. Of course, I I I know how to speak. Uh, you know, I, I can adapt to any fucking situation. I don't I don't like to a lot of times. Like meaning, like I hate going into a meeting where like you know you, you got to negotiate. Well, you say you know say you say exact. I'll give you an example. Say you say twenty grand, then they say fifteen, and then they're like, ah, right, we can only do ten. And I hate going back and forth like that. I I you know if, especially you know it, it it drives me nuts. So sometimes I'm willing to give up some of my money. Or give up money that I didn't even get to have somebody handle all that for right. me. Um, you know, having a ma- you know having a manager, I think sometimes as long as you know that they have like say your best interests in mind, you're cool with it. I'm sure you would pick somebody. Well, I think I actually just brought somebody on to kind of like be a just to help facilitate sure, it because sure, sure. it's just it's just way too much stuff going on now with with, with everything else and also I just want to be around my, my child a lot more but I'm still going to manage it like you know I mean maybe I won't be doing I mean I was still I was literally the person like I'm sending you my W9s and, and 10, sure. 1099s or sure. whatever the fuck they are and like booking flights and all that and there there are some things now where like I'm lightening that load because maybe all that stuff doesn't need to happen but truthfully like I love being on the front lines of it because me doing that deal with somebody me meeting meeting the person at that brand me meeting the person at, at whatever it is I'm doing I'm able to create like dude my best friends in the world have all come from from the opportunities that have happened because I ran point on my life now I'm also a control freak, so I will admit that I should have let some things go. Not the main things, but the light little things, and I'm trying to get better at that. Sure. And I, and I, but, but I also, like, think about what I just said before. Like, I actually think I'm a much better, I think I'm much better actually at running my life than I am being a DJ. Mm. Mm. I we, think that's where my real calling is. I think the DJing is just, I'm thankfully good at it, and, and, that's, and thankfully people like it, and thankfully when I show up, I do a good enough job that people have me back. But, mm. but I think that, I'm infinitely better at the other thing. Where I came across you, uh, and I was telling you, be, you know, off air about was this uh, Mick, uh, the Dream uh, mixtape that I was like, yo, which this I is, forgot about. Yeah, which I was like, man, the Dream, man, this one of the best mixtapes I've ever heard, and I love Dream. I I loved a lot of his. Uh, I still do. I love a lot of his work, and I remember hearing it, and uh, you know, it was you know, I don't know if it was Mick Boogie at the time. Yeah, well, I think it, it might have been. It been like Mick, this, yeah, I think yeah. I had just moved here, so yeah. So it was like Mick Boogie, you know, the dream. But you know, it's so funny when we talk about DJ. You DJ for Michelle Obama. Right? I did. Yeah, I got to do an event I, for her. How the fuck does that? I, Rela- I, relationships. How does that happen? Relationships. So I, I, I'll tell yeah, sure. It. So I, 
I mean, I'll I tell you the whole story. I could, break, I could break down all the names for you. So it all started because everything is connected, right? When I was in Cleveland, I mean, I could, I, could, I could break it down. I'm really good at breaking down the lineage of how all of my big <laughs> moments have happened. When I was in Cleveland, I did everything that came. This I moved here in 2008, so it was like 11 years ago. I did everything big that came to Cleveland because I was the guy that did everything big when it came to Cleveland at the time. You know, I set a blueprint for uh, the best thing now when I go home. I go home once a couple times a year. The young kids have, will say, you set the blueprint. Nice. For us, like, 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 one of my homies from Cleveland just moved to LA, and I saw him at Grammys, and I was like, "I'm so proud of you for finally moving." And he's like, "Yo, you set the blueprint," and I was like, "That was the greatest thing that I heard." It's like sure. that's like my son, not like my son, not like he's my son, but just like it's like a proud moment as a sure because because nobody really did that before me as a DJ. I mean, rappers did probably, and athletes did, and you know, Bone Thugs did it, and like LeBron did it, but nobody, no DJs did it. Like nobody, so it was it was great to know that I've positively impacted people's life in that way. But anyways. So I used to do all these, um, whenever anything came to Cleveland, I would do it. So I used to do all those like Heineken Red Star Soul shows. Sure. And, those were, and those were fun. And, I, and so anytime those would happen, anywhere in the Midwest, basically I would do them. So I became friends with the people that produced those shows. And then I re- became really good friends with a guy who actually lives in, in Brooklyn, who's still my friend to this day. His name is Bobby Jones. Mm. And then Bobby and I ended up living five to ten minutes apart from each other. I did a bunch of stuff for him once I moved here. We both have kids named Miles, like, you know, the homie. And then he introduced me to another gentleman at his company uh, named David Schwab. I'm just, like, really breaking out and putting the names. Yeah, I'm putting people's sure. socials out and everything. Fuck it. And, 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 and <laughs> we got cool because... Cause I'm you deal because you're dealing with me, right? Because you're not dealing with four layers of me. So people are dealing with me on a human level. We actually became really cool human friends, and people kind of really started to not just respect my talent, but respect and trust me as an individual, and that I could do things. So then I started doing some things with him, and then he called me one day, and he was like, "I have something coming up. I can't tell you what it is, but I trust you, and I know that you'll do a great job for this. But I can't tell you what it is." And I'm like, okay, what is, what is it? He's like, I can't tell you what it is. And then finally, he was just like, I need you to hold this date. And I was just like, okay, um, what am I holding a date for? He's like, I can't tell you. And then he's like, it's and it's in Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, oh shit, I'm definitely not like holding this date. Like, why? Why? He's like, no, you need to hold this date. And then when he told me what it was, I was just like, yeah, okay, I'll be there. And then uh, I went down there and did the event, and it was it was amazing. And but 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 my my point is like people are like oh you're so lucky you got to do it for Michelle Obama yes I'm super lucky I'm super blessed God smiles on me daily I completely acknowledge that and I know that but I put all the time in for the relationships to get for for that to happen and if I was a dick that day in Cleveland when I was super fat Mick without nice clothes and I was just in Cleveland doing some bullshit thing opening for Eric Badu at a house of blues that I lived above. And I was a dickhead to those people. I wasn't aware of what was going on. That relationship would have not happened had I moved to New York and not treated these people as humans versus people who cut checks and cultivated those real relationships. Sure. That friendship would not have happened. Had that friendship not happened, that intro would not happen. And had that intro not happened, that event would not happen. Had that event not happened, my child would be in a significantly different preschool right now because that event changed my life. Mm. Right. Because there is nobody in the world who if they're considering you for an event and you mentioned I did an event for her that puts you up higher on the list. Now, w- w- was there any like stipulations or like secret service, uh, you know, told you certain things you could do or you couldn't play or anything like that? Um, nah. I mean, I played clean versions. It was like female friendly stuff. You know, yeah. it was a really dope event. It was actually her, Gabrielle Union, Jessica Alba. It was just like anywhere you look, it was just like hot, rich, successful, smart. It was a pretty great event. Like there's, there's, there was significantly worse events to be at in the world that day. 
Um, it was the funny thing though, but I'll tell you something else really cool that happened from it. So she had, I'm sure Trump canceled this shit, but she had an event, uh, about for healthy eating for kids. I just, he just gives kids McDonald's, right? I think he he literally brought McDonald's into the white house called F and V fruits and veggies. It was like slang. It was like, they, they dropped the vowels and shit. It was just like really bad. And so it was called F and V and it was just to get kids to eat healthy. And so that's what the event was for. And so she threw this concert for a bunch of kids in Virginia. So it was her, and then, like I said, Gabrielle Union, um, Jessica Alba, and I want to say Ashanti for some reason. Mm. For whatever reason, 10 years after the fact, it was like Ashanti, but she still has like the thighs, so like good for her. And um, afterwards, we got to take a picture. And so we took this picture, and um, actually they put me, this is actually funny, they actually, they had these, the hosts of the event were radio hosts from Virginia, who I don't remember their names, and the girl was really nice. The guy I thought was really nice too, and then actually it's funny, he went on the radio and started like shitting on me, like we don't know who this DJ was, you should have used like one of our Norfolk DJs or whatever, like whatever. It was, and then the girl apologized to me, that's irrelevant. So they put me in a picture, <laughs> they were like, they t- we were the talent, right? So they put us all in a picture with her, and then I'm walking away, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is like, I'm never going to be in a room with this woman again. And I got a picture with two people I don't know, one of whom's like talking shit about me. So I was like, I need to get another picture. But I had like, um, I was walking away and she was still standing there at like the step and repeat. So I t- they walked away and I turned around and I came back and I was like, I'm either going to die or I'm going to get this picture. Because like they could just shoot me, right, for like taking a step back. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, I don't really know those people. Um, do you mind if we get another picture? Because when am I ever going to be like in the room with, with you again? She's like, and she's, she's like Oprah-esque, right? She's just like super happy. So she's like, no problem. We'll take another picture. And I'm like, cool. So we take another picture. And then like, um, she gave me a hug and I held it a little long, you know, she smelled good. And, um, I'm, I was like, thank you so much. And she's like, no problem. And then I'm, I'm walking away and then she's still there. And I, I'm like, and then I, I just had my kid. Miles was just born at the time. And I always wanted to take him to that Easter egg roll at the White House. True. So I was like, fuck it. Let me just go. I mean, I'm right here, right? Let me just go all the way. There. So I turn around. And I was like, um, well, I have you here. <laughs> well, well, I have you in front of me, queen of the free world. Um, how would one get their uh, kid to the White House Easter egg roll? Is that even because she like because she, she also liked the music? Because when she walked off stage, she gave me a high five like, "Oh, I love the music." So like there was like a goodwill thing. She would never know any of this now. She would never remember any sure, of this. Sure. But at the moment, it was like that was the time to strike. I was like, I just had a kid. She's like, Oh my God, he had a kid. It was like total Oprah. I was waiting for somebody to like look under their seat and pull out like a yeah. fucking blender. And you so, get a blender. You yeah, get you a get a blender. blender. And I was just like, how can I possibly, you know, I just had a kid. I would love to bring him to the Easter egg roll. Is that even possible? And she's just like, literally like, Tina, get this. And her name really is Tina. She's like, Tina, get this man tickets to the Easter egg roll. And like this woman, like the smoke, like this woman, like appears out of a floorboard. And it was this woman named Tina, who ironically uh, was from Cleveland. So we ended up connecting on that. But um, Tina. This is, this is the greatest day of my life, by the way, aside from my son being born. When Especially when I tell the story, I forget how magical this was, especially since we live in, like, Nazi Germany right now. Uh, this woman, Tina, shows up out of, this, out of the floorboard, like a, like a bot, like a robot, and she's like, no problem. And she gives me her card, and it says, Tina, I forget her last name, starts with a T or a C. Uh, please, she's like, email me, and I'll take care of it for you. And I'm like... All right. So then the next day I got to go home and write the greatest email I've ever written that I will ever write in life until I become like rich. And I'd be like, Miles, my son, I will use $2 billion or something yeah. like that. That would be the greatest email. But um, until that happens, the greatest email was, Dear Tina, I, I was referred to you by Mrs. Obama. She said to email you regarding the Easter egg roll. And I was like, how dope is it to like write that email? Now, again, 
Tina doesn't remember me, I'm sure. Maybe. Mrs. Obama absolutely would never remember any of this. She probably doesn't even remember Easter Egg World. She, they're probably so happy to be out of that house and just like chilling in sure, the Hamptons sure. or something. But like for me, that was a huge vindication and validation of like how I choose to live my life because it was all a series of opportunities based on human stuff. You know, if I would have said no to that event because it didn't pay, because they didn't tell me what it was until I agreed to it. You have to have that sort of like they were just like like oh and by the way it's not paid. Oh, so you don't get money from that? Yeah, I mean I've I've made tons of money from that event. No, no, no I but, know that. But I'm but just but that it was a charity event. Yeah. It was a charity. Like none okay. of those people got paid, right? And that was the other thing. That's what what makes me uh, my running my life allows me to have the the discernment to evaluate those decisions. If I'm some dude sitting at a desk managing a bunch of people's DJ careers and I'm rooting people through. Milwaukee and Utah and some shitty Vegas club that's not the one Calvin Harris plays at, but like the other one. And somebody calls. They would never even have known me because I wouldn't have the personal relationship. And they're like, yeah, we got an event for you. We can't tell you what it is. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. It's on a Tuesday and we can't pay you. You know what you're going to say? Yeah. Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to, it's not even, you're not even going to, you're just going to pass and you're going to put me at some bullshit that I don't want to do. But me, I can, I can dig and I can evaluate based on the nature of all the relationships. And then you put yourself in a position to succeed. And, and that's what happened. And because of that, that put me in so many other positions because I'm able to say that. I remember the best time somebody once um, emailed me and they said, um, I don't know if you ever get this when you record stuff live, but I don't know what event I was doing for some brand. It wasn't a big event. It was really a minor event. And they said to me, well, we need your certificate of insurance before you can come DJ. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I have no idea what a certificate. I mean, I have, I'm like, I have health. I'm like, I have health insurance. I have life insurance. <laughs> I have a renter's insurance. I, we can call State Farm. We can call Progressive. We can call, yeah, we call whoever the fuck you want. But like, I don't have like DJ insurance. I don't even know what that is. And they're like, well, we absolutely need it. And so I literally wrote them back. Very rarely do I do to slap my dick on a table move. But like, I was gonna lose the gig anyways because I wasn't about to go sign up for DJ insurance. And I was like, well. Mrs. Obama didn't need DJ insurance. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, let me just see what happens. Yeah, sure, sure. And I put it with a smiley face. And I literally, I didn't, I literally was laughing while I was writing it. Because I assumed at that point I wasn't going to get the gig. Because like, I, I don't have fucking DJ insurance. I don't know what DJ insurance is, to be honest with you. So they wrote me back like, oh, okay, you're good. And I was like, so thanks, Mrs. O. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, that's classic, man. Yeah, See, I forgot it, about that, but that, that's real. That's real shit. It's 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 moments like that. You know, you you mentioned before um, about you being you know overweight. Yeah. Uh, how, big big guy. How long was that? Did you grow up? Uh, you know, <sighs> yeah, you know, did you grow up I, overweight. I mean, yeah. Well, thanks to Mrs. Obama's vegetables. No. Um, how did I lose? I was I was a I just I just grew up in a you know in the Midwest in the eighties and nineties. Mom and dad. Mom and dad were big, stressed out life. Um, Why do you say that for? Like mean, stressed out life. I mean, it was, it was just, you know, my dad worked really hard, wasn't very healthy. My mom worked hard. She wasn't very healthy. Their version of salads were not what we would consider salads. Like, you know, we lived in a household where they thought they were providing us the greatest food, but I would come home and eat like three bags of like ruffles or, you know, or, you know, we lived in a household and in an area at the, in, a, in a decade where, you were better off going to McDonald's and getting a burger than going to McDonald's and trying like their salad, right? Because like it's not really it, at the time, at least it, it wasn't a salad. It was just some shit with a bunch of like thousand eyes and dressing sure, and sure. lettuce that had no nutrients. Like you might as well just eat a damn burger. You're gonna get more nutrients from that. And so you know you compound that with eating three bags of Ruffles every day when you get home from school. And I was also in high school and in middle school. I was a nerd and I was a dork and I was a band kid 
and I didn't have a lot of friends. I was a kid that like like I, I you know it wasn't like bully situation or anything like that. I don't want to create like a sob story, but it just I just wasn't cool. Like yeah. I was I was cool to sit next to in class because I was really smart, but once the bell rang. I wasn't cool enough to like go to your house and shoot basketball or like go to parties after school. So it was really, it was a very, it was like, it was almost like, it was almost like you know, nine to five. Like you got your work friends and then you got your real friends. And I was like the work friend, except I was like 13. How'd you get uh, introduced to uh, hip hop? Like when's the first time out there in Ohio? Oh man, there's hip-hop? so many stories to that. Um, yeah, it's much more interesting than salad. I could tell you exactly when it happened. Um, I could tell you a, a couple memories. I was in... Florida. My grandparents lived in Florida, Naples, Florida, three five five Fifteenth Avenue South, mm. two blocks Some from Seven Eleven. Do you do any drugs? No, nah, I never did drug. Okay, never keep it that way. Drug, ever it's, drink a lot of wine. Okay, yeah, well, wine's beautiful. I drink a lot. Want to help wine. you get rid of uh, you know the the dailies, uh stresses. Yo, I just did an event for the American Heart Association, this gala for them in Houston last weekend, and like they brought me two bottles of red wine, and they were like, "It's good for your heart." And I was like, "Fuck it, let's go." Yeah, actually, yeah, I was just like I'm drinking. <laughs> wasn't like that during? Wasn't that during NBA also? Yeah, yeah, I did it. I mean, this, but did, that, we talk about hustle. That's my hustle. Like yeah, I'm fly to Charlotte. Go ahead. Start, this event. Yeah, start, start, start the All Star Week, right? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I started Charlotte, went there, did an event, um, got on a plane, flew to Houston. Yeah. Found a barber that fucked my beard up, which I don't have a beard today. Yeah. Uh, did an event for the American Heart Association, which is a cause that's super near and dear to me. My dad had uh, heart failure his whole life. Um, it ultimately passed away from something else, but like it all contributed to it. Then I literally went back on the plane and flew at 5 a.m. back to Charlotte to to do an event at 1. Nobody even knew I left. Yeah. You know, unless you saw it on Instagram. Sure, but sure. It's, that's the hustle. I have no problem. For my kid, man, for my kid to succeed in life and have what he needs, I, I, would, I would do that 10 times. I've, and I've done way worse shit. I flew, I flew to fucking, uh, I flew Hong Kong to Sundance. Uh, from I like got off the stage speaking in Hong Kong, flew right to Sundance, and, and had to be at an event like two hours later. I don't give a shit. You know, I took a, my first vacation five years in Hawaii, landed in Newark, sent my my wife went home, and I got on another plane and flew to L.A. because I had to speak at this UCLA thing. Two hours after, like after I in it, like literally, like it was just like insane. Like I just I don't, it was insane. And then I flew home for three hours to take my kid to school in the morning, and had to fly to Miami for an event that night. Like I don't I don't think of my life like in any. I, I don't realize the um thank you. I don't realize how weird that is because that's just my normal. Yeah. For me, it's just like because it is fun, but it's a lot of work. It's not healthy a lot of times. So yeah, I have to find health within it, and wine, and also like when I see my kid and I know he's really proud of me and he's like, "Daddy does this and Daddy does that," and I I I just I I love watching Daddy do this and can I sit in your office when you do this and like it's all worth it. You know, you did an event for uh, uh the. The well, I will say we have to use this word. Well, I mean, legendary, of course, but uh, even even probably go down as one of the greatest shooters of all time, Steph Curry. Yeah, you know, he did an event out there for All Star with him, which I like because that event was like while everyone else was doing like these like kind of like parties and stuff like that, and no knock to anybody, but he did something like yeah, more for a, the kids. He did a whole community center. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's very community minded. He's very faith minded. Um, uh, I never met him before until that day. He was super, super nice. His family was super nice, um, and it was great, man. I just I got to I got to you know play for them throughout the course of that event, and and I and I do like funny things when I play, right? Especially in events that aren't a party. So they did a um, three point shootout, 
and it was like it was like Steph's team were all playing. I was playing like all like the new hip hop stuff, and then like Seth's team, and then their sister had a team who who's um, married to another guy that's in the NBA, and their whole their whole family, their DNA is phenomenal. And then they did the fourth team was like his parents, and and they were shooting, and 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 everyone was like it was I was playing like just like Drake and like Migos and all that stuff, and then his parents come out, and I played uh, before I let go. Yeah. Frank Beverly. Yeah, everyone yeah, was sure. like, "What the fuck?" And it was just kind of everyone kind of laughed because it was just like, "Well, I mean, they are they are fifty. Like, let me just yeah, go sure. a little old school with them." It was kind of awesome, but it's just like I just had to do like things like that. They'll, they'll probably remember that, right? And it was just like, or, or in the audience will remember that, and like the brand people will remember that. And it's just like it, it, I just try to find like little ways. Like if I can't go up to people and speak to them, and I can't be on the mic doing this at certain events, like I'm gonna find a creative way to put my imprint on it. Because anybody can go in there and play like the top ten records. When I and I did play the top ten records, but I find other things to do sure, around that sure. to leave my to leave my imprint. So sure. honestly, they might not even remember my name, but they're gonna remember that moment. And so for me, you know, I'll be able to monetize this, so I'm good. And if they don't remember my name, that's totally fine. But at least I know as first and foremost as a person of the culture and a person that cares about this that like I did my job and I did my job enough that hopefully they'll remember that little magical moment. How how, how does uh, DJ Steph Curry's event like? How does that even happen? Relationships, yeah, all relationships, yeah. You know, it's I just I love people, and I I I take good care of my friends. Not like paying them off like that. I mean, I'm just like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a good friend. Sure. And 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 if we connect, we connect. Like just like how we never met, we'll, we'll probably be, we'll connect. We we had sure. some we had a real last conversation on our first forty five seconds. Yeah, yeah. That we'll we'll always remember that from our first conversation. Um, and so, like, that's just kind of how, how how I live my life. I, I mean, it, it creates a lot of issues in my life because it, it takes away my bandwidth. Like, I'm super, super accessible all the time. But I'd rather be that than, like, you know, some hermit that nobody that nobody likes. Yeah. You know, you mentioned before, you know, back on the weight thing for a second, you know, how did you get fit? Because looking at you now, you know, you look very fit. And I'm remotely fit. Okay. Um, I mean, you know. But you're not the picture yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, it's so funny. So I have a folder on my computer of fat Mick pictures, and I didn't realize, but all the, I guess I just called them all fat Mick one, fat Mick two. And whenever I post them on Instagram, I, on the stories, I'm taking a picture of the picture so people see the file name. And it's always this hilarious level of DMs of, Wow, that's, you really named your pictures like Fat Mick One and Fat Mick Two, but yeah, I was a I was almost 100 pounds heavier. Like I'm 195 now. I was 270 something. You know, it was a big chunk. I'll tell you, actually, it's funny. Friends, friends of friends of friends. Like I, my homie Jason Maiden, who's a great guy. I don't know if you know him. He, 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 he if he hasn't been on your show, he should. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. He um, one of my he's just a phenomenal fucking human being. We've been Absolutely. we've been friends for um a decade, no longer. We've been friends for 15, 16 years now. He came to Cleveland. When I was just the fat Mick in Cleveland DJing, and I was, you know, I would still occasionally get sneakers. And Jason had designed all the Jordans and the Monarchs and all that stuff. And he came to Cleveland, and he was like, "Yo, people are like, you should know Jason. You should know Mick. Because if anybody like that came to Cleveland, they're like, go out to lunch with Mick or whatever. Because who else? There wasn't a lot of people there at the time that were the in our in our worlds. Now in New York, there's like thousands of people, but like there, it was like three of us. So we went to eat. I could tell you, we we ate at um. Cheesecake Factory on a patio. I remember everywhere we. I remember the whole thing. And he was. T he told me about. Um, he told me about like interval training, like how like to run like like we're like sprints basically. And so I started doing that, and I I literally the first time I did it I almost died, 
And literally, I thought my heart was going to explode. And I also just decided to really, at that, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, let me clean up my diet. So I decided to clean up my diet. It was very hard. I lived above a house of blues. I ate chicken tenders every single day. I never had a salad till I was 30. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Mm. Crazy. I never had an avocado until I was like 35. Fuck. I'm not like some like like pumpkin latte Uggs wearing bitch that eats avocado toast all day. Like I never, it, literally, I eat them every day now, but it's, I, never had a, I never had fish until like three years ago. Like it, shit was backwards as fuck for me. So I remember he, he told me that. And um, yeah, I, 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 that was, that was the, the genesis, if not the genesis, one of the main genesis is for me to do that. And to this day, when I when I see him, like, I thank him for that, and we're still friends to the, to this day. And our lives have intersected. But this goes back to my other thing: our lives have intersected millions of times for this. So he does events for for his stuff for like super heroic. Like sure. I DJ them for him. He introduced me to people in the venture world because he did a stint in the in the venture world before super heroic after Jordan. He you know so it's just like just because you if you surround yourself with the right people, people are going to grow, and if you go along with them, you can always be along for the ride, and and not the ride like in, like in a free ride way, just like in a, in, a, in a really just human you know synergy kind of way our worlds as he as his career has grown and his life has grown my life has grown and then actually the best thing that could have happened so i was just telling you the story about when i went, flew to ucla to speak at this conference after my vacation they called me like we need another speaker who who would be dope and i'm like yo my boy jason's dope like you should totally hire him so it was just me and him were the only two speakers at this event on the campus of ucla we both got paid. We both had fun. We, it's like we got paid to kick it, essentially. Sure. And, um, but, you know, think back all these years. You know, if I didn't have lunch with him that day and he didn't tell me that, who knows if I would even be alive? I mean, maybe, probably, but maybe not. Who knows if my career would have became what it did because I would have not looked the way I do. Not, not that I'm, like, that good looking, but I just I look better than sure, I did. Sure. Um, you know, just, you just think back at all, like, the small decisions. Just a fat Mick. But, but, you know, it's like... But then I'm sitting there, and we, we laughed about it. We're like, damn, bro, we've known each other for like 15 years and all, all these things. And, and, and you know, we, and we've had some really amazing, real, 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 real conversations as well. But it's, it's like you did something for me 15 years ago, and I was able to do something for you 15 years later. And there's been a series of all that stuff in, in between. And I just, that's, that's my life, man. Mm, mm. Man, <clears throat> now I know why uh, I wanted to have you on, because uh, you resemble a, a, a lot of how I feel uh, and, and how a lot of I navigated through life. Um, anyway, Internet, listen, the one and only Mick is here. Don't call him Mick Boogie no more. Don't call him DJ Mick. Just call him Mick. Just Mick. Okay? Yeah, and if you could pronounce my last name, I would allow that too, but Batiski, nobody could say What is so. that? When, Polish. Uh, Polish, okay. Shouts to all my Polish uh, uh, Internets across the world. Internets, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Cheer. What's up, everybody? It's Gary Vaynerchuk, a.k.a. Gary V, and you're locked into the Premium Pete Show. And we're back sitting here with my guy Mick. Listen, uh, I mean, your journey is fucking crazy. And I say that to, I feel like, people's journey, who's, who, who is. I mean, uh, DJing, you know, um, you know, relationship building, yeah. uh, moments, you know, uh, we haven't even got into it. That's why I want to get into the investing. Sure. You know, the the the... The, uh, you know, what was, what, what, what came to a point where you first invested in a company, like, or you thought about it, or, you know, um, did you, cause, cause I, I love your honesty, man. You may be like, I don't even know what the fuck I was really doing. I didn't know much about the research, but how did that happen? I mean, I started maybe four or five years ago just as an extension of, of my brand because I was always getting asked to, like, give insight to people and, and help them out, which I still do. And if I, especially if I have time and, you know, 
I realized I had a lot of knowledge to share because I was self-managed, going back to what we were saying before. I know how to build a brand from scratch and take it somewhere because I, once I realized I did that for myself, I was like, oh, I can do that for others. And then I was like, okay, so how can I do that? So I started looking for opportunities to do that. And as things came across my plate that looked interesting, I realized I could invest and advise and help, 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 help grow some of these companies. And some I'm able to help more than others. And um, some have helped a lot, a lot, you know, and, and, and it just all depends on, on what's going on with them. But I've realized that somehow what the fuck I've done has helped and, 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 it's, and it's, it's given people some sort of like North Star in some way, shape or form. And again, everybody's different. And so that led to one, led to two, led to three. And now I think it's like six and this year it'll be seven. And well, I guess technically Anchor sold. So I guess that falls off. But now I get to put acquired by Spotify on my on my LinkedIn. So that's actually a really great success story. Mm. So so you mentioned with, with uh, Anchor, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, our good friend Jason Maiden mm-hmm. introduced you to friends, right, or whatever, you know? Yeah, he he introduced me to um, some people at Excel Partners in San Fran, and then that's actually who brought me actually into the anchor situation. So again, it's just, it's a, it's just a love it's a lovely story of friends and and, and life and, and, and sure. serendipity of of good people. So how does how, but but how do you get involved to like say invest money? Like how does that even happen? You know? Um, in which way? Like with anchor. Give an example for anchor. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's, just, it's the same example for everything. It's like all of my situations come from we know you have synergies in these areas. You should meet this person because they have synergies in these areas. This is what they're working on. Do you think this makes sense for you to help? If so, this is something you'd want to put some money behind. And then for me, it's like, okay, once we get past that baseline of, of stuff, it's like, do I, do I fuck with you? Like this is like this is where more of like like the the ethos of like our culture, like the the music, the hip hop, like the, you you feel like I I it's a very it's a feel game, you know, like you know you 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 know you walk down the street and you see someone you just kind of you, you can feel if you're gonna fuck with them or not, like if, or if they have like, that energy and all that. I kind of use that same sort of because I can't break down spreadsheets like a twenty year in the game venture capitalist, and I can't create products like some kid who sits there and creates apps all day, and I can't do any of that shit better than those people. But I have a really good gut instinct, and I have a really good human being instinct, and I have a really good uh, creative problem solving mind. So I just use those abilities. That that's what my superpowers are. That's why I have my career to this day. And so if I sit with you and I've liked the idea. I, I, I'm people over idea a thousand percent of the time. It's almost like A and R, right? Like you know, that's kinda how I approach a, a lot of this stuff too, which is this is a good takeaway quote for your bullet points on SoundCloud underneath the episode, which we'll all read. But it's like really, it's A and R, right? Like you don't know what their Grammy album is going to be. You don't even know if they're going to make a Grammy album. You don't even know if they're going to make an album. You just hope maybe you can get a couple singles, especially in this day and age, right? But you, you, it takes the special artist to be able to do that, and it takes the right people believing in that artist to do it, and not just somebody like me. I mean, there's people way there's for all of these things. There's people way more important than me in all of these scenarios. But I'm still on the team somewhere, right? Because people have to believe in the right people. So. Think about all the artists that don't get signed, right? Like, yeah, there's probably some that that could have had a, had their moment, but honestly, like the cream is gonna rise to the top, and the right people. And I guess, and I say getting signed using a past tense. You don't need to get signed anymore to do anything, but you still gotta have to create that that momentum and the right people around you. And the, you're gonna and you're gonna find that. So for me, I kind of treat 
um, I treat my angel st investment stuff as like almost like a label, right? Like, so I got like these six artists, like two are going to go platinum, two are going to go gold and two aren't. But, but as long as they still have something going on, like I'm sticking with them, but I only quote unquote sign them, which is again, giving, giving myself way too much credit because I'm super low on the totem pole, of that stuff. But like for the analogy's sake, sure, sure, sure. pretending I'm the only person there, but I'm not like, you know, you could imagine, imagine, you know, you're sitting in, imagine you're sitting there in 92 at Columbia or whatever, and Nas comes in and he raps halftime to you. And you're just like, this is the greatest shit that I've ever heard in my life. And then he's like, yeah, so I just beat up my girl and, you know, I don't pay my child support and fuck you. And, and, and by the way, I don't like your shirt. And oh, yeah. Um, and, he, and he spits in your trash can and he misses it. You know, just like imagine he's just a dick. And it's still the greatest song you ever heard. You're probably not gonna sign them, you know. And so for me, it's just like, okay, the song's good. But what's the what's the person? And that's how I look at this stuff. Like, okay, because because here's the thing, just like an artist, nobody's. I mean, very rarely is your first song your best song. I mean, you could argue Illmatic was probably the best album, although I'm a, it was a written guy myself. If we had to break that down, but it takes cultivation and pivoting as we say these days and all these things to get that item to get that idea where it needs to be but what you can't change is the person you can't make a dickhead nice and you can't make a stupid person smart right you you, you can't change that shit <laughs> you can't make a bad you can't make a no talent artist have talent you can make better songs you go get better songwriters you can get better producers you can get better marketing you can grow but you can't change who that person is at the core and that's the same way i look at founders like if i rock with you as a fucking person then and the Andy idea is good, then we could rock because like the idea can always get better. The idea can always change. Uh, the idea could change into five things that aren't even anywhere near the first investment I did ever, ever I ever did. The kid was amazing. This kid Kyle in Portland, he's a fucking genius. He's like my little brother now. But he, the idea changed four times, and the idea, I didn't know better. The idea sucked, and then the second idea sucked, and the third idea was okay, but now the idea is amazing, and you've been to stuff that they've, they produce robots and VR activations, they do tons of shit at ComplexCon, you've been to stuff that they've created, and you don't, you don't, but you don't know this. Sure, exactly. And it's like, but it wasn't, they didn't have that when I did this five years ago, but the kid was amazing. He's not a kid anymore, so sorry, Kyle. Like, I'm an adult now, but whatever. The you know, adult it, is amazing. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just like, I don't care how great the idea is. And I've had, and that's worked in my favor in many ways. I've had, I've sat with people, I thought the idea was phenomenal. And I walked out of a meeting and I felt that tinge, you know, like sure, that, sure. that gross feeling. Like, did, did you feel sometimes when you meet somebody or you go on a date and you, or, you know, I mean, I haven't dated in a zillion years, but like, you know, yeah, I had that feeling. And I remember walking out of there. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, maybe if I was rich, it would be like nothing to just fuck that off. But like, I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable with that. And then I don't even think the thing ever launched. Yeah. I would have, I would have been, I haven't had, a, I haven't taken an L yet. I've had only wins and ties. Yeah. And, and, and that would have been my first L. And so like, I've, that confirmed to me my theory. Did you, do, do you invest your uh, own money or do you like set aside a fund like to do some of these things? Um, like your own my, personal money? Like yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's my own money. Yeah. I mean, you know, th there will be a fund for sure. Within five years, there'll be a fund. Yeah, but um, that's the Mick that's, fund. Nah, it'd be the the, the Miles Xavier fund. Okay, but okay. Uh, you, you, you know, it, it, it's all everything's for my kid, dude. There's you get it. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing that doesn't. Everything I do goes through the vision of how this will benefit or not benefit sure. him. But um, yeah, like actually, I have a name for if I ever have a um fund 
it's gonna. I already have like the domain and shit for it. I won't. I'll tell you off off air. But like, okay. I literally like. It's just like it's 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 poetic and beautiful and perfect. And it's actually the name of the Wi-Fi in my house. I'm like trying to just put it out there into into into, into the universe, right? <laughs> because it's like you know, I I'm all about. I didn't really have like there wasn't like a lot of like legacy stuff left for me, and I turned out fine. But I feel like if my son could turn out fine, and I could leave him like like aspiration, goals, hustle. And like just other shit, like like I want him to really. I know now how people. I've cracked the code on how people really win in the world. And there's there's a couple ways you could win. You could win because of your 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 where you're placed, and you could win because of how hard you hustle. And and but the people who really have really won are the people that have become are the beneficiaries of both. And there's obviously outliers on both sides, but I win because of how hard I work and how I was raised and all that. I wasn't placed there. I know tons of people who doing all the sorts of amazing things. They didn't have to do any of that hard work. They were just placed there. And good for them and they won. But the people who do both, that's the that's those game changing people. And and that's 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 what I want to set my kid up to be. Mm. You know? And that's actually interesting too, as a parent, it's funny because in in, in these worlds that we're in in, in music and entertainment and creative I sit here, I could tell you that whole thing, what I just told you, how I'm trying to set him up to be ahead, right? And you say the same thing, I'm sure, about your kids, and every every dad does. And then I caught myself, this is how parenting has changed me so much, I caught myself realizing personal um, jealousy and, and pettiness because I lost an opportunity to somebody else who actually was silver spoon some shit or they got to go past go without you know whatever the monopoly shit is like they got they had they had they had advantages that i didn't have maybe because of their dad or or because of their somebody they married or or, or just somebody they met or whatever it is sure. and i and i was like and i remember thinking well damn if my dad did that i would have did that too you know and and then i caught myself and i didn't it took me to really be hustling for my kid to catch myself and check myself on it because like yo how can you be mad at losing an opportunity to that person who maybe had a more fortunate uh, path to success than you did, right? But then go home and talk about how hard you're hustling for your kid so he can have every advantage that you didn't have. I'm like, I'm literally criticizing the very thing I'm doing for my kid. And that was eye-opening to me. I had to really check myself on that mm-hmm. because I can't go home and work 49-hour days for my kid so he does, he could skip steps so and then be mad at somebody who's, who, who was, whose dad did the same thing for them. Sure. That shit fucked me up. You know, off your uh, dorm break, you were mentioning about uh, books. Mm-hmm. Uh, what books are you reading? I should write a book on that. Actually, that'd be really good. I actually, be. I actually, I'm, I'm working on a book. Really? Uh, but yeah. Congrats. Um, well, when it, when when it's about to come out, we come back up here. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a year or two because it's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting thing I'm doing. I'll talk to you off there because it's, it's a podcast book kind of thing and it's a lot of stuff I get to speak upon and I want to kind of like finalize all that. It's gonna be really cool and I'll definitely be asking you for some insight sure, on that because sure. you, you pretty much own this space. Um, one book I recommend that I was telling you off air that I think is really interesting, especially for anybody trying to start a business, is a book called um, Hatching Twitter by Nick Bilton. I forget who he writes for. I think He writes for some really like prestige publications. And it basically broke down how um, Twitter was created by the, all the founders and how at one minute somebody was in, somebody was out, two guys were in, two guys were out, two guys were completely out, the venture capitalist guy brought somebody else back in, blah, 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 and how you know how it all ended up netting out years later. And I don't know how much of it is true, but assuming 50 to 70% of it's true, like it's a really crazy story. And it's very similar to, as we were saying on the break, uh, 
the music industry. It's similar to a band. And I was like telling you, I watched the Foo Fighters documentary, and it was like three guys, and then one guy left. There was like, no, it was four guys. Then and then one guy left to replace with another guy, and then somebody else left. They were three guys, and then all of a sudden, like that guy left, and then the second guitarist who was he came back and it was just it was like it's like some wild like musical chair shit and it's like but that's literally what happens in, in a lot of these startups so that book was really eye-opening to me i give that i give that book away a lot and the second book that's changed my life um is a book by ryan holiday called obstacles of the way and it's just about taking shit that's in your path that's fucked up and and, and flipping it into another whole like narrative of how you can how you how you can't change what's in front of you right like, however, you could change how you react to it, thereby changing yourself. And you can also find a way to create an opportunity around that. And I'll tell you a great story to kind of like bookend this with the first thing I said when we started about my mom. We had to reschedule, as you know, because like we, we, for, for the people listening, we had a thing scheduled. And like the, the, the night before we rescheduled, my mom got super sick and she had to be amputated. And the whole, there's a whole other story behind that, but um, it threw us off for two months for recording your podcast. But here's the crazy thing when you talk about that theory, right, of the obstacles, the way. And you could take the mindset of that book and you could trace it. There's, there's plenty of, like, biblical examples and there's plenty of other examples. Like, it's a philosophy. It's a, it's a Stoic philosophy that has, it has roots in all other philosophies as well, as well as religions. There's examples of it. But my mom, people, people say, oh, we're, we're, like, I didn't see you in January. Where, like, where were you? You know, I was like, I was in Ohio. I mean, truthfully, I don't know if my sister's ever got this in us. My sister's a rock star. She's put, like, her, her entire life on hold for, like, two months for my mom. I put, like, two weeks on hold. So my, I, I don't want to take any of the credit for it. My sister's, like, the rock star in this. But um, I'm going to send this to her, so maybe she'll stop being mad at me. But, but my mom was super unhealthy, still technically isn't healthy, overweight, um, smoker, uh, just no water, just drank soda all day we call it pop in ohio ate bad foods i told you we discussed foods before like she would just eat cheetos and shit and like cadbury eggs but it's like mom it's not easter i don't care you know and anyways she brought us home for christmas we had the best christmas ever and we haven't been home in years for christmas since my dad died and we had the best christmas it took all her energy out of her and she was so unhealthy and just so like not well and we knew this for years but she wouldn't go to the doctor and like since i was born or i guess since my sister was born who's a year younger than me we just if she was walking time bomb and we knew it was going to happen. But we just didn't know when. We just prayed it didn't happen when she was driving. This is some real shit. Like, I've never said story. Like, we just hoped it didn't happen when she was, like, on the freeway and hits, like, a family of nine or, like, you know, some crazy shit. So it happened. The time bomb happened two days, three days after Christmas. And we found her five days later. We, I, we couldn't reach her. So we all, like, I flew in. My sister drove in. And she was unconscious in the house for five days. Um, probably six hours away from dying 12 hours away from dying we don't know how she made it that far as unhealthy as she was but this is what's ch interesting about that whole obstacle is the way theory if that didn't happen she probably would have had another year or two max like living the way she was living not reckless but just like just in her own old stubborn just as she does what she does right that's that's what happens when we get old we do we don't listen to reason and we just do things our way and so maybe a year or two is what we always kind of like projected and and it, and it would have been a year or two of just living in body failure things would have just kept happening and happening and she would have never checked them out and then inevitably she, this would have happened so takeaway from this is because this happened and unfortunately she had to like lose a leg because of it because of like a lot of other scenarios but she lost 40 pounds she's mentally i mean we always joke that she's never really been mentally there but we're just kidding but like she's a, she's mentally more aware than she was at, for the last couple of years especially since my dad died 
she's hydrated and her body's recovering and she's like her she's healthier now with one leg than she'd ever been for the last five to ten years right and so when people hear that story it's like oh my god i'm so sorry that your mom lost a leg i'm like yeah that's fucking blows you know but and she's she wasn't a good driver. She was really slow, so it's probably a blessing to all the other people on the road. But she she lost a leg, but she had gained a life, bro. You know what I mean? Like she literally, there's no way she would have made. I'm not trying to project shit on her, but I can't fathom how she would have lasted another two to three years. Sure. Like, and, and and somehow she made it out of that without we, you know, God intervened and said call the ambulance at that exact time from, you know, whatever, and she made it and. um now she, I mean, should probably be here forever. Is driving everyone nuts in that in that home with one leg, yelling at everybody. I, you know, she calls me every day. Like, I want to fly you in to go to a Michael Bublé concert, and I'm like, no, I don't want to go ever to see a Michael Bublé concert. But the your the fact that she's saying stuff like that, like she For was sure. never even that aware of stuff before. Some it, people won't do things until you know yeah. the fire's burning. Yeah. So like to your point, you know, it's like you know people say I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. But then when, you know, you're forced with, you know, you know, life looking you in the eyes. Yeah. You know, it's almost like even like that's why kids are amazing. And some people don't get it. But kids could put fire in your eyes, man. There are some people that it doesn't put fire in their eyes. You know, and they just I don't I, I can I, I can't speak for those type of people. Yeah, I, I can't either. I've always I mean, I mean, I, I could tell we're cut from the same class yeah. as far as parenting. Like like that's all. Literally all I care about. I mean, it's insane of what they could put in. So, so the point I'm making too is, like, first of all, prayers to your mom, man. Uh, yeah, she's doing great. You know, fuck the podcast, man. You know, uh, you, you had to go down there and take care of her. I mean, you know, but but the story's crazy though, right? Like, that's had, insane. Like, like who would who would think that like you could get amputated and and be near like be who would think that a, a near death experience of being amputated would actually enhance your quality of life? Yeah. But yeah. for her, it unequivocally did. And so that just kind of goes to the theory of what I'm saying, going back to the book thing and all that stuff. Like, it's a great way to approach situations. And, you know, I fuck up and sometimes I get mad at stuff too. And I don't, and I have to remind myself that you can't change other people and you can't change those scenarios. You can only control what you control and you can control how you react. And I try to stay, I try to do that. Like, if I can do that 80, 85% of the time, I'm all right. Like, you know, can't, I'm not flawless, but. You know, you you travel a lot, man. I do. How many do you? How many miles do you have? You like fucking over a million miles? Minimum two twenty five a year. God damn! I just hit Fuck. I just hit a million on United and a million on Delta cumulatively, like in the same month. Mm. And I get no upgrade that day either. I was flying L A back to JFK, and I always get to upgrade. And I was like, "This is my million mile flight," and they were like, "That's great." Fourteen uh, F. I'm like, "Thanks." Yeah. You know, you, you you dropped a lot of uh, gems on on this episode, and your life is just full of uh, passion and gems. You know, I, I actually had to write this one down to remember the fucking thing that you said because you've been quoted in saying your brand needs to be strong enough that if you pivot, it can adapt without you. Do you remember saying that? Wait, say it again? My brand has to... Your brand needs to be strong enough... Uh, hold on, hold on. Hold I said this today? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I just make this shit up, bro. This is... <laughs> No, no, not today, not today, not today. Okay. Oh, you so said, this is like written you said, you down said somewhere. This before, yeah, yeah. I wrote this down because I, I love certain quotes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Your brain needs to be strong enough that if you pivot, it can adapt with you. Oh yeah, of course, a thousand percent. Tell the internet what you mean by that. You know. Okay. Well, that that was the that was the reason I rebranded, right? Yeah. That's for me why it happened. So, I realized the Mick Boogie thing wasn't going to cut it as I wanted to advance my DJ career into other areas outside of doing rap shit. 
which is still ironic because every party I do in the world, whether it's for the ones we talked about before or it's for venture capitalists at the top of a mountain in Davos or it's doing a fucking Mitchell and Esperance at All Star, which was very my original audience, right? I still do all that stuff too. I'm still playing 85, 95% hip hop. You know, I'm still playing the same stuff, but my brand is different. So it's like my brand isn't synonymous with hip hop, but it didn't change what I play. I'm still the guy figuring out a way to mix a tribe record into a Travis record and somehow pulling that shit off because that's just who I am at my core. But my brand evolved. So I knew when I did the rebrand that, like I told you, like I, I, had, I had to pivot how I thought of myself, right? I, was the, I wasn't going to be a DJ trying to do business stuff. I was going to be the business person that happened to DJ. I knew I had a bunch of other things I was trying to do. I wanted to get into investing. I wanted to start speaking. I wanted to get into, um, you know, a, a potential book situation. I wanted to get into all these things. I wanted to advise. I just knew I wanted to do all these grown-up things. Sure. And my name and my brand as pers- as as currently constructed was not going to get me there. And I always use this example and I don't know even know if it's true at this point I've said it so many times but for analogy sense it's true. Like I did so many mixtapes back in the day that helped me pay for grad school and helped me get here that like there there were great ones that stood the test of time. There's all the summertime stuff, there's the diligence stuff with Busta, there was an Adele one when she first started out, like it was you know there were the things that advanced me. And then there was everything else. There was like mixtapes with the ninth string like G League guy that nobody even remembers that I got maybe two hundred dollars for uh, in a dinner at the same house of blues I lived above. You know, like there was all that shit too. However, all of that shit lived in the old brand. You know, so like if I did whatever the most premium event I could have did, and I'm when when did I when did I rebrand like two thousand thirteen? So like if it's two thousand twelve, my career was starting to change, and I got to do an event for I'm just making this up like. Google or, or something like sure. that and at some big like hoity-toity fancy thing and they look me up right like if I if it comes down to me and another guy and you look up some some girl that's using her real name she's pretty and she's fashionable and she has all this stuff going on and then you look up Mick Boogie it's just like you know young buck sitting on a car like you're not gonna choose me right I mean I mean maybe the all-star brunch would choose me Maybe not, but like those people aren't going to choose me. So I was like, I have an opportunity here. What at my peak? Well, 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 I thought it was my peak. It's like peak way more since then. But I wasn't falling. It was, this wasn't like a situation where like, oh, shit's drying up. What am I going to do? This was just like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And how do I do this? So I was like, this is a really unique opportunity for me. And I wasn't that philosophical at the time, but I was just like, I can. Thankfully, my name's Mick. It's not John or Jim or something. Where so there was no other. There's only Mick Jagger. There's me, and there's like Mickey Mouse, like <laughs> like, like you know Mick from Crocodile Dundee, Mickey like, Rock, Mickey Rock. Like there's there's not a lot of us. Mickey Rooney, you know Mickey Rooney. That's the, the and and most of them are dead. Yeah. So it's like you're and, out here and, and, you representing. Know, Mick Jagger's gonna live past me probably. Yeah. But like everybody else, like I was like, yo, there's like a lot of like open brand space with my name, and it's four letters, and it's unique, and I was like, this is great. So I could just use my real name for businessy shit and then for performing and for everything else creatively, I could just kind of create Mick as a brand to do all these other things. Because I had moments where I got like, when I was starting to move into like the more thought leadery stuff where I got laughed at because of my name. You know, I was on a panel with five guys all used their real names and me and everybody laughed and I was the smartest dude on the panel, but I didn't appear that way mm. because I was DJ Mick Boogie after John Smith and Jacob Weissman and all these other like rich people names and so i was just you know it, it, that was eye-opening to me too so i said let me set this brand for something that's a actually who i am i didn't try to make up some new shit 
you know, and, and then, but I was like, but can it, can it grow with me? What can't I do if I'm essentially using either my real name or just my, my first name where there's tons of brand space? I could do anything. If I ever went in a TV, I, I could just use that. If I just decided to start a company, I could just name it Mick and come up with some sort of analogy for it, sure. for whatever whatever it is. Like, it could just be a hub for a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, my name is, is lights up on my laptop, and a lot of times people were like, what company is that? And to me, that's, like, the best company. It used to be like, oh, is your name Mick? Like, it's always some douchebag at Starbucks at, like, fucking Denver Airport at 8 in the morning that says some shit like that. But, like, a lot of times people are like, oh, what company is that? And I'm like, and I used to laugh. I'm like, oh, no, it's me. And now I'm like, oh. Let me tell you, you know, because the thing I learned a long time ago and I, all these moments for me happen on airplanes. It's like if I sit down next, I, this happened to me so many times. I, do, I get a lot of deals done on airplanes. Airplanes are a huge business generator for me, by the way, um, which is why I really want a Delta deal. Delta, if you're listening. But when I would sit next to people and I describe my life as me, as, 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 as the person, uh, as my life being like a person doing all that stuff, like me, it's me people wouldn't take it that seriously. But when I would describe everything I'm doing, but I describe it as an entity, like as an actual company, like, oh, people are like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a DJ that does all these things. Oh, that's really cool. Great. Does my, will my daughter know who you are? Probably not. You know, like that sort of shit. That's the way the conversation goes. Sure. But if I sit down next to you and I say, oh, yeah. So I, 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 I run an entertainment career for artists that's performed for X amount of people, including all these people that you mentioned. He's performed for all these brands. And, I'm, I'm in, and, and we also advise and invest in companies and we're in these six things and we coordinate speaking things that we do you know and we work we've done deals with blah 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 and blah 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 people are like what the fuck is the company and then i'm like you're sitting next to them you know but if you phrase it like it's all on how you, you present yourself in, in that regard and so for me the rebrand allowed me to do that mm. Mm. that's very special it's very i, I it's very I'm, I'm very special in a lot of ways i use never usually in a good way so that's nice i, I felt i felt that was a compliment so. no because no, <laughs> i always is. hear like you're very special no, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is a lot. I mean that. I wouldn't say if I didn't. No, 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 no. I'm just fucking with you. No, no. All good. All good. Uh, as we wind down this episode, uh, you know, th th there's so many things that, uh, you know, you, you explained about, like, you know, being yourself, mm -hmm. people, you know, over, you know, uh, you're just judging that, you know, that, that raw feeling of, like, you know, vibing with somebody. You know, uh, who, is, who are some of your favorite living artists um, and also, like, of all time? Um, my favorite artists of of all genres. Yeah, couple. I mean, them. okay, my favorite. I I have a lot of non traditional picks. One of my favorite rappers of all time is Poss from De La. Yeah, Dave's also dope. Poss was my fave. He doesn't get his just credit for being as great as he is. I mean, the group does, but he's just like, just a really just dope dude. Um. I would say Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers is my favorite drummer of all time. I was a drummer before I was a DJ. Mm -hmm. um, it was cool. I got to go to the Roots Jam in L.A. at Grammys, and Questlove was DJ. Oh, excuse me. He was uh, drumming for everybody. And then this guy came out on stage, um, Andrew Watt, I think his name was. He was playing. Um, he did. He covered Led Zeppelin. He covered a whole lot of love. And it was dope. And I didn't. I looked up, and I was like, damn, I'm like, Questlove's really like, it, it wasn't quite, it was Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. He came out on stage and just did that one song with him. And it was so cool to see him outside of like, like a Chili Peppers construct. So he, he's absolutely one of my favorites. Um, I mean, you could go with the standard. Michael Prince I, I think Stevie would probably be the top of those three to me in that hierarchy um, 
Man, so many. Chris Cornell, I was a huge Soundgarden fan, a huge Temple of the Dog fan. Mm. The Chris Cornell suicide thing really devastated me. I was in a I was in a lot of depression at that time as well. Not to that point. Is there is it because of weight or because no, of no, 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 reasons? no, just just life, you know. And, and and so when I saw that, it kind of made me rethink about getting getting myself a little bit more together mentally because like I don't I wouldn't want to be in. A, I don't know what caused him to do that when he was on top of the world, and I'm not even on top of the world. So I was just like, let me just be more mindful of my mind. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but to me, he was one of the greatest, you know, voices in recorded music history. Um, man, there's so many. My mm-hmm. God, that's a, that's a lot, man. And there's plenty more to listen. I mean, to. I, I mean, if, if we just were talking about like rap shit, I mean, we should someday just do another one. We're just talking about, literally about rap shit. Like, I, I mean, we we didn't. Even, I love that we didn't even discuss that, which was any of that stuff, which was really cool. I mean, I, there's just so much. There's yeah, so much. Yeah. Like, well, we'll leave. We'll we'll leave. Uh, well, a couple more things before we uh, end, but uh, we'll we'll leave them with one at least one rap shit. But there's a lot of stories about you. With uh, here's the thing, and and that's why I think it's special that people who know of you get to know a little bit more about you. And people who this don't is probably know, the favorite my favorite podcast and, I ever did, by the way. Well, thank you. And people who don't know, you know, of you that know of you, because here's the thing, the, your rebranding. Uh, of yourself is like I, and I told her some people who know me you know who have listened over the years you know uh, remember when somebody says hey you're premium Pete right oh you're that sneaker guy and even though she wasn't she wasn't mean by by saying that this girl but um, I was like fuck like I don't just want to be a sneaker guy and I remember when she said this this is years ago maybe like 2010 or whatever I don't know I, I remember I was like fuck man I am I am gonna do so many different things. Yeah, and and I'm you know and and, and I want to get that's in, how I felt. Get into the food world, you know. Uh, always been into you know footwear, you know, moved into podcast world, and and and, and, and all those things can live now and all sure. in, in your in your orbit. And sure. thankfully, the world's also caught up to appreciate all those sort of like endeavors at the same time. Sure. Because like I'm still the guy that listens to 99% hip hop in my life. I'm still the guy that has more sneakers than I ever had. I'm still that same person, but I'm just doing all these other things, and the world is caught up to it. Yeah. What's next for Mick? Ooh. Because there's a couple of things. Anything coming up besides, uh, well, first of all, find you at Mick. You got M I C K on Instagram. Yeah. Is it on Twitter, M I C K? No. Um, Fuck. It's, I, got it's it? I am Mick on Twitter. There's like actually this really cool dude in LA. He, he works for that weed company, Ease or Easy or whatever it is. Like, he's, uh, we became friends. Because he won't give me the name. But give the fucking name, man. He, no, he's dope. He looks like Rick Rubin. He's really cool. Um, we've never met in person, but like it's funny. He literally tried to book me for their events. So it's tell like me ta- tell him you'll take like, the name. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but, but I love it. He's like, I won't give you the name, but he's like, you know, I'm gonna try to make you some money. And, and he's actually he's actually the, the coolest dude because like if someone tweets him for me, he will actually redirect it to me. Yeah, which I think is really nice. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, he's cool. But you know, that's mix. Your assistant. Us mix. We got to stick together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's my assistant. The way I do is I'm gonna send I'm gonna send him this podcast. I don't know. I've never met him, but like he seems really awesome. Well, shouts to him. Shouts we definitely him. have mutual friends though, which is. If cool. he ever feels like changing his mind. Sense, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Sense. I offered him money. He's like, man, people offered me like Lamborghinis and shit, and I didn't do it. But I have Mick, uh, I you know, the, the, at Mick on Instagram for sure. Um, my website's Mick.co. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 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 you know, like, like I said, you you've done a bunch of investing in in, in different companies. You plan to do more. Uh, book you said possible next two years. Yeah, I'm working. You still DJ on that stuff. DJing all over the all, world. All the world. All over the time. Um, you know. Speaking, you know that that's some. What do you are you doing? It, like man. motivating uh, speaking? Yeah, I do. Or? I talk about a lot of what we just talked about here. You know, talk about like some marketing stuff. Talk about some creativity stuff. I mean, I spoke. 
I gave a like a mini keynote in Hong Kong at a conference Fuck. for Alibaba about um, entrepreneurship. That. I spoke about like creativity and rebranding at a conference, and I, I finally got all the videos. Videos, I'm gonna share them. I'll send them to you in Montreal a couple months ago. It was really dope. I, but you know, but I but I come on stage to like Biggie, you know, like That's it's just awesome. like like I'm gonna just do do my thing. And then I, I spoke about um about angel investing and, and start the the power of your, of a personal brand for a startup founder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a conference in Miami uh, a couple months ago, I told you Jason and I spoke at a sure, thing. Like sure. you know, I'm, I'm speaking. You got him in that speaking. Yeah, Next time there's I, a third slot, call me up. I need right. to come out there. Totally. I, I mean, actually I'm, do want to do more uh, speaking, but also not only, not only I, I want to do even do more speaking. I, I used to do. I used to go to a lot of prisons and speak just to go let people know that you don't have to get caught up in the streets and you could change your life around. And then you know, obviously, you know the the sometimes it's to connect. The person I had there wasn't there no more, and and uh, but I, I I definitely want to do more speaking. But I like the fact that you know um, you could not, one not only get paid to do or mm-hmm. speak or or tell who you are, your experience, your, but also that other people. Uh, yeah, you're helping people. The best part yeah. for me is like I mean, it's like it's 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 somewhat annoying, but it's like it's so it, I, the annoyance is so minuscule compared to like the, the what it means is that like when you get you know it's like when i used to get off stage djing it it, it used to be like two percent of people want to hire you and then 98 percent want to give you a demo yeah right and now that happens when i when i when i talk especially at like a bigger thing and everyone wants to talk to you and, and but i'm so new to it i'm approaching it like i'm new because i'm new to it like i was due to djing a zillion years ago and so people all come up and they like either and, and they usually like you and they want advice for their startups which is again that's their demo right it's just it's the same shit bro it just i just do it in a different way i get off stage from talking to you it's just the same as getting off stage performing sure, sure. but rather than you you either want to book me or you want to do something with me or you want to give me your music and get feedback what do you think of my startup what do you think of this what do you think of my career path what do you think of this it's literally the exact same mind state and you know that's but, the secret to my whole life yeah you, you know you know and not to cut you off but you know what bothers me you know i, I remember coming off stage and and, and speaking to uh, certain people and and them giving me some hey you know could you help me with this and I would give them I'll say take my email and they would be upset they would be upset because they felt like the email was kind of like all right get out of here just like you know but they don't understand how powerful that is if they were able to send me something that totally. that that explain I don't have the capacity and bandwidth at that moment to fucking you know do everything you want me to do for you. At that moment, no, and especially when there's 30 people there, and also you've been on stage for an hour, you want to piss, like you don't know, you might have to catch a flight. Like there's a lot of people don't realize any of that stuff going on. Sure. I'm just like, I would love to talk to you about this. Email me. I've really got to pee. I'm just straight up with people. People think you're going to show I just drank like three Starbucks before yeah. I went on stage. Like, I got to go. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll, we'll leave off on hip-hop. There's a lot of stuff, and we'll have you back for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, what's – I remember hearing some, you know uh, – over the years, but I remember hearing some shit about like Jay Z and stuff. Like, what was your some of your interactions? You ever met Jay Z? I met him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't remember it, yeah. but I did. You uh, always say people won't remember. No, cause, I mean, Obama certain, won't certain, remember. Certain, certain people will remember. I'm playing, I'm there playing. are, I mean, there's a lot of rappers that would remember me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 but like icons, they're, I don't, they're not gonna remember me, and I'm, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, I mean, I did Big Sean's first mixtape. You know, I mean, J Cole always remembers me. Drake listened to my mixtapes before he started. There's articles with him talking about listening to mixtapes I did. Like, you know, if I walked up to him, he's not gonna remember me. If I told him the story. He would remember it sure. as a as a fan of the culture. He would remember it, but sure. like you know, so like that's that's cool. Those are nice moments. Like I don't ever be like I need this, I need that. Like nobody remember, you know, nobody's gonna. I don't care, but like at this, there um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't remember what your, what your question was, but yeah, I did, oh, I did, Jay, I, Jay. I did, I did a few of events for him um, back in the day. It was, it was fun. It was, yeah. uh, and it was great for the great for the press kit too. <laughs> you love this press kit. Press kits are key. You know, well, you, well they you, were actually press kits ain't shit now. Now it's just Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, you still gotta send. You know, listen to you know that that Obama email response back. I don't need it. That was my favorite moment. That was like I'm, I rarely do the the dick on the table move. Yeah, yeah. But, well, sometimes it's needed. How about this? If you're a good person, uh, I always say this: uh, one day out of the week, being an asshole. Yeah, you know, just one day out of the week. It's, like, you, it's like it's like your cheat day if you're like on yeah, keto. That's it. <laughs> it's like it's a, your your paleo or whatever. Like you get that one day where you get that pizza. Let me tell you something. People listening to this episode, I don't know, it could be a guy, it could be a girl. Or um, could be both. Could be it's both. 2019. It, it could be possible. Uh, what What's some advice you have people who, you know, those people who come to, say, you know, you after stage or say, you know, if it's people listening right now, like, and they're stuck or they want to learn more, they want to even rebrand themselves or or they want to just, you know, mm-hmm. They want to. They want to make a big change, or they want. They want to be who they think you are. Right. You know. What's some advice you have for them? Well, again, as they've probably heard a million times throughout this podcast, it's all relationships. Life is relationships over talent any day, and if you have the talent as well, then you really can win. You know, I was fortunate to have both, but it's definitely the it's definitely the, the human being aspect of it first. So always keep that first. I'm also a very spiritual guy, so like I would I would say your faith and whatever your higher power is is probably significant to what you're trying to do if that's if that's how you roll that's how i roll um i also would say that you have to push yourself and constantly challenge yourself and that's like my biggest pet peeve when people don't push themselves to their full i push myself 300 percent past my capacity daily and i still want to do more um to the point that it's like unhealthy not to like a gary v level because i don't know that anybody can match that but for me i do i do pretty well um if i you know i moved to new york with no money but i felt that i could pull the shit off i'd rebrand at the top of my game because i just felt like i could do it i when i started doing speaking stuff i'd never done it i told people i did it and i sucked now i'm all right at it. i'm not great at it i'm good at it like i, I just started putting myself in things i took two, a week off my dj career two years ago to take a class at harvard cost me an arm and a leg but i knew I, could, I just wanted to do it i was like you know i'm a smart dude i don't know if i'm harvard smart but i did great in the class and made friends with everybody and everything's turned out great since then like i just put myself in situations where i don't put my situations where i think i'm gonna fail but I, I like w- w- if there's a little wiggle room I know I can push myself to sure. succeed and that's something I, I want my son to, to believe in too like like there are I truly believe I, t- I tell people this all the time and it's it's it, I mean I exaggerate the percentage but I think I could probably do with decent competency and given enough time 80% of things in the world really like good to very good I think there's 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 outliers I, I, I don't I don't want to fly a plane I don't want to do heart surgery you know, I can't do like that shit. But like, I think within reason, like my natural abilities and most people's natural abilities, if you're not a fucking idiot, you could do a lot more than you think. Right. So when I'm ever in a situation where I'm not really comfortable or feeling, I'm like, I'll figure it out. That's my whole thing. I figured it out. I couldn't get in band in sixth grade. Figured it out. They wouldn't let me play drums. They made me play figure symbols. That was, that was fucking horrible. Figured it out. I couldn't get into the, couldn't get a radio show when I got to college. They told me no 10 times. Figured it out. You know, couldn't get on commercial radio. Figured it out. I didn't realize the shit at the time. That's like my whole thing, though. Like, I figured it out. I figured it out. Uh, you know, a DJ can't invest. Oh, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. You can't speak. You're, you know, your name's Mick. But I figured it out. We couldn't. They, they told us we couldn't have a kid. Figured it out. Like, you know, the whole shit is like, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. That's, 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 that's the thing I tell people. Like, that's my main takeaway. If I can take anything, it's like, believe the ability to figure shit out is way more than the ability 
is going to get you way further than the ability to create something dope and the ability to just like anything like because anybody could create shit. You got to figure shit out. Mm, mm. Say no more. Figure it out. Figure it out. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, um, I, I love the journey. Um, you know, and I will say this: I, I, I love your heart, man. Thank you. Real talk. You got a, you, you, I, you got a big heart, man. I care. Yeah. I, no, I, and it shows. And it shows. Yeah. Internet's the one and only. And my yeah. heart's big because of the wine. Okay. <laughs> drink too we'll, much. We'll, we'll keep drinking it. <laughs> Here's some more red wine. See you next episode. Take care, Mick. Right. Sure. Internet's. If you enjoyed that episode, then hit me up. That's right. Email me. At the premium peach show at gmail.com. Again, that's the premium peach show at gmail.com. If you're an advertiser, any big company, small company, startup, whatever it is, you want to advertise on the premium peach show, hit me up. Email the premium peach show at gmail.com and we'll, we'll get to working. Okay? And if you have a suggestion or you want to hear a certain guest on the show, whatever it is, okay? You know, you could at premium Pete. At Premium Pete Show on Twitter or Instagram. Or for the last time, I'll tell you. Well, I'm not going to. It's not the last time. Email me. The Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. And let's get to working. Cheers.